When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gentlemen, the time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoge. 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 Put it in the corner. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone... I'm, I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns, with you. I am back from Arizona. John Z, thanks for holding things down with the fish man. Second episode last week. Good stuff. It, I it can to be it. difficult sometimes with the fish yeah. man, but we're, we're here. Yeah. We persevered. You got into your CHGO chat yesterday. Yeah, he does that sometimes. He's, he just tends to be everywhere sometimes. That He's man. everywhere. My text messages. <laughs> Always chat. in the text messages. <laughs> Always. Uh, we love the fish, man. He did a great job filling in uh, as I spent a couple extra days in Arizona, which was very nice, recharged, and uh, diving into draft stuff. I had a, an incredibly productive day yesterday, John. It's just hammering away at our CHGO draft board and we got Nick Baumgartner coming on the pod today. I'm ready to go. Like literally hammering? Like putting I mean, it up some, on the wall itself? I mean, I didn't I had the national championship game on last night, but I was really working the entire time for the most part. It wasn't that exciting of a game. Actually so was I. Um it was a good game, but like San Diego State made it interesting for five minutes there in the second yeah. half. But for like every UConn game I watched this year, like they jump out to a big lead Team fights back, and then here comes another big lead. Just by far the best team I've seen in the tournament this year. Yeah, and my experience watching UConn was limited to the tournament. And every time I watched them, I kept thinking, how the hell did they lose eight games in the in the Big East? Like, I need somebody to explain that to me, because that makes no sense, because they just looked unstoppable the whole tournament. So congrats to them. Uh, congrats to the people that, for some reason, decided to take a poll and slam it through their their building at school or whatever yesterday i saw that going viral on on uh twitter last night i don't that that always is and some social media that you're on you're on everything adam Oak. no it's, it was going viral that like immediately th- these fans celebrating just decided to take a giant pole and start f- damaging their campus i was i just find that a very interesting way to celebrate i always have but you know Interesting. You call it interesting. I call it stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to be nice here. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. The first thing I'm going to go do is destroy something. <laughs> okay. That's cool, man. I'm I'm sure it would happen if the Bears ever win the Super Bowl, too. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about here. Nick Baumgartner jumping on with us here in a little bit. But uh, John's and the speaking of the fish, man. You guys had a uh, a big story come out on The Athletic yesterday. I know you guys were working hard on it last week while we were in Arizona. Um, I'm going to take people inside a little bit here, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm having a nice lunch here with Johnsy and Fish. You know, I could, didn't even need to stay there. At that point, I already committed to going and finding my wife. And I sit, and they both pull out their laptops, and they're both working on this story. And I'm just sitting there <laughs> like, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm about to eat this $30 salad or whatever the hell I ordered and move on with my day. I think you got the hot chicken sandwich. Yeah, whatever I got. I don't know. It wasn't very memorable. Don't try to make yourself a health nut all of a sudden here. But <laughs> yeah, but yes, thank you. We did work quite a bit on it. Every down minute there at the the, the owner's meetings, we were plugging away on this bad boy. So it was it was your inside look at uh, the big trade that went down last month with the number one overall pick, Joe Person, who we had on the pod, of course, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, breaking down the Panther side of it, and he was involved in the story too, bringing uh, Scott Fitterer's 
side of the story. Very interesting stuff if you want both sides to the trade. And um, just what were your, your biggest takeaways from all the work you put into it? Um, let me think about this. I, I want to say, like, I, I like just the... I kept ret- returning to, like, where they are, like, draft-wise. Like, obviously, Ryan Poles had a comfort going from one to nine, where he felt in his, he calls them buckets, his value buckets, that there wasn't like a drop-off from elite to the very good starter category. Like there's a good mixture of them there at nine. I like what Scott Fitterer said about not wanting to trade number 39 because he felt that's a good range to find, well, probably a plug-and-play starter, a second-round pick starter, and how he resisted in giving that pick to Ryan Poles and in return gave him another second round pick. That was the sweetener of the deal. That's really what made the deal come to fruition. Uh, it was interesting to hear the draft in mind since we're going to have like a draft podcast this week and next week. It was interesting to hear like all of that come to come to mind or be such in mind, I guess for Ryan Poles and Scott Fitterer as they went back and forth on this deal. Yeah. It felt like nine was sort of the limit though, to where they feel, still feel like they can get one of those good players. And it might even not even be a guarantee if for some reason two quarterbacks fall. There seems to be a little bit more, and we'll talk to Nick about this a little bit, I think, but there seems to be a little bit more of a consensus lately that Will Levis might fall. Um, and then I think it's sort of a wild card maybe where Richardson goes. It seemed like early on there was a lot of, and maybe there still is that he's going to go much higher than people think. And now that sort of seems to be the consensus, but anyway, it's, it certainly seems like Ryan poles feels confident that he's going to be able to get one of his quote unquote blue players at number nine. Um, but I also still think, feel like another trade backs possible. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that it was interesting that the three quarterbacks, they like, they only met with three quarterbacks at the combine. Like, I thought it was interesting that Will Levis was left out, at least initially. I thought in, that was interesting, too. In the Bears' research. I thought that was telling, maybe in a sense, that maybe, at least in the Bears' evaluations, those are the top three quarterbacks. And uh, I think if you ask around enough, you know that you know there's different feelings or different evaluations than Will, Will Levis. Yeah, because my conclusion after reading not only what you guys wrote, but what Peter King wrote, uh, what Albert Breer wrote, is that the meetings that happened with the quarterbacks, and also hearing like what Eberflus had to say and Ryan Poles had to say last week, my, my takeaway was that while they didn't do it publicly, they had committed to Justin Fields and trading the number one pick much, much earlier than the combine. Like I they went to Indy with that being the plan, without a doubt. And so why would they meet with the quarterbacks? Well, part of the great reporting you guys had in that story was that, you know, that they did that essentially to get a feel to help them get a feel on what kind of demand there was going to be for the number one pick. And Ryan Poles came away with it thinking, okay. This solidifies the fact or our our uh, move here to stick with Justin Fields, but these guys are impressive enough that we feel like there's going to be a flurry here uh, of offers to trade this pick. But that being in mind, it's like, well, then why didn't you talk to Will Levis too? And that I think that sort of speaks for itself in some ways. Here's the the quote from Ryan Poles and talking to the three quarterbacks. That would be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Their interviews were very good. Mentally, they're in a good. Mentally, they're in a really good place to talk ball and talk through the things that they know about the game. You could tell that they, and you could tell, the football intelligence was not going to be an issue. I knew coming out of those. Sorry, I can't read today. New coming out, if those guys interviewed really well, teams at that moment are going to be more motivated to get something done sooner rather than later. Let me repeat that since I can't read this morning. Who wrote this stuff? My God. (laughs) It's early. I haven't finished my coffee here, Adam Hogue. You're the one who wants to start at 845 in the morning now. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I knew coming out, if those guys interviewed really well, teams at that moment are going to be more motivated to get something done sooner rather than later. I love that. Like it, it's just it's like extra research to feel good about something you want to do, right? Yeah. 
Like it, it emboldened Ryan Poles to make that move. They liked all three guys. They did. But they liked them enough to know that other teams are going to like them, right? Like that's that's my my big takeaway there that they felt that other teams were going to be proactive after that and they found one in the Panthers. Yeah, it, it's fascinating stuff. Uh, don't want to give it all away here on the pod, but um, I, if you haven't read it yet, you should definitely should go check it out. There's also, you know, an interesting nugget in there about how they landed on the draft compensation because, not surprisingly, the Bears wanted the Panthers earlier. Second round pick, the Panthers didn't want to give that up, and so that's where the 2025 second round pick came in. They essentially gave up two second rounders instead of one, one in the uh, somewhat distant future to prevent, you know, to not have to give up the earlier second round pick and sweeten the deal as they call it. Yeah. The sweetener. That's right. That's how it was put in the the story. Sweetener. Yes. To get over the, uh, the finish line. Yeah. That was a, a real sugar or artificial sweetener. No, it's real. Okay. That's real. Um, how did you feel about the Bears asking for Brian Burns and also Derek Brown? Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense, right? They need they need a three technique. They need help, you know, pass rusher on the edge, and and they need help for Justin Fields. Personally, based on who's available at what positions, I think they came away with the best option. I think when you look at the wide receiver market and free agency, um, not necessarily what's available in the draft because I like what's available in the draft. I just, you guys have heard me say this a million times, rookie wide receivers take a while. And so to grab somebody who's still 25 years old and a seasoned vet at this point, who's already put up 1,100-yard seasons three times in the NFL, is just, it's, it's better than the top rookie wide receiver. In terms of getting, maybe not in terms of overall ceiling, but certainly in terms of helping Justin Fields in 2023. So I feel like that's the best case scenario. As good as Brian Burns uh, is, I, I I like that they came away with DJ Moore. And I said this on your show yesterday, and I know the Panthers feel that way, that receiver can be an easier position to reload in. Like I understand that there's usually, especially in today's NFL, like there's more of them, but this year, like this draft class, this free agency class, like DJ Moore is by far the best option. So if you're just reloading in this year, Ryan Poles found his way to get the best one. And, and that's where I, I, I'm not sure I completely buy Scott Fritterer. You know, in the where where he justifies giving up DJ Moore instead of those other two guys. And it's in the piece, and he says that, you know, we think it's easier to replace wide receiver. Maybe in most years, but here's the problem to me that goes against that. You, you're going to move up to number one to draft a quarterback. Who the hell is he throwing to this year? Like, that's what I would take issue to if Adam I was Thielen. in Carolina. <laughs> yeah, Adam Thielen, who's a good, solid player and will certainly help a young quarterback, but... I I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if I completely buy that as that's definitely the top guy he wanted to give up. It just doesn't seem to mix with we're trading up to number one quarterback and oh by the way we're going to trade away a young a full cost uh, effective wide receiver who could help this kid right away. The very reason why the Bears want him. That that that's yes, that's yes. tough to me. Yes. Um. So check out the story. It's on theathletic.com. Um, a lot of details in there, you know, phone calls from soccer games where Ryan Poles and Scott Federer first met in Indianapolis. Some of those details are in there. So if you haven't read it yet, check it out. It's still on theathletic.com, um, up on the top on the NFL page. Yeah, it's a really good piece. So theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. All right, let's bring in Nick, Nick Baumgartner, who uh, covers the Lions. You've heard him on the show many times, but... He's also, uh, you know, one of the athletics' biggest draft writers, and he's been on for that too, which is why he's on now because it is April. It is draft month. What's going on, Nick? What's up, guys? How we're doing? Good. Good. What's going on, man? Not much. 
Good story, Adam, by the way. I was heard you guys talking about it. Very good. Th- thank you. A little draft capital. Very good. I liked it a lot, yeah. That was a tough trade think? for the Bears, man. That was a tough move, yeah. I thought. But yeah. Really? What why do you think? I so? just I thought that the this year, and I think I told you guys this, like the, the quarterbacks this year are good, but it's not a generational class. Next year's, you know, is what we would consider closer to that. And I just thought like to get that thing traded for the for the right value you were going to have to have somebody convinced that they needed a guy. Right. And like, man, that's easier said than done sometimes. So I just, I thought it was a good, I thought it was well done by Ryan Poles. So that's interesting, Nick, too, because I, I think that that what you just captured right there is exactly what Ryan Poles sort of gives off with the anxiety and the <laughs> anxiousness of, of making the trade. Cause it's like, I think he was sitting there in that moment going, I could mm-hmm. wait. Maybe get the Texans involved. Maybe there's a chance to pull out more, but there's still that sort of uncertainty, yeah. especially as a team that's sitting there looking at these quarterbacks, going, "No, our guy's better 100%. right now." Like that's got it. That's got it. Just it's kind of a catch twenty two to be sitting there looking at it like that way. And I think that's what that's ultimately why, like, look, this is a great offer from Panthers. Just, just take, take it, it man. It like now. that's what it was about. It was like you know because I. You know, I'd heard this stuff and talked with Kevin and some of those guys, right, about, like, maybe they'll trade twice and all this. I'm like, just trade it. Just trade it. You don't – it doesn't matter what it is. I remember a couple years ago, this reminded me of the death knell of uh, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia in Detroit when they came out the one year when they had three and they refused to talk about moving Stafford or (laughs) drafting a quarterback. I'm like, well, now you guys can't move your pick. You're stuck. You can't do anything. And you have to draft Okuda. And now, and it's like, you had to move the pick, right? And it's like, you can't paint yourself into any corners. Just trade it. Don't worry about, you can't get hosed, but it was like, just trade it. And, and I thought that was a decent return. So all things good. Yeah, give yourself some right. flexibility. And now you have two first round picks next year. Exactly. If things don't work exactly. out for that, that, that QB class, yeah. you know? Escape hatch. Yeah, and you can do whatever you want again. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and they're not, they're not going to be ready next year. The Bears. I mean, they're, you know, they have a plan, but it's like it's going to be a minute. So, I like where they're at right now. I like it better than six months ago. That's for sure. Yeah, they're on. They seem to be on a much better track. Um, as mm-hmm. are the Lions. Uh, so make sure you're following Nick on Twitter at Nick Baumgartner. Uh, you can also hear him on one of these years. That is the name of the Lions podcast. Maybe 2023 is that year. Uh, we'll see. But uh, we're, we want to bring you on to talk mm-hmm. about the draft. And the first of all, the incredible work you guys did on the uh, the new top oh, yeah, 100 nice. that that dropped. Uh, a, it, first Doesn't of all, it, it just look cool? looks yeah. awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, you pull up. I want if, if people haven't checked this out yet, please do. You pull up the athletic app, and it like seamlessly really yeah. works works within the app to click on players by position. You click on their name, all this information pops up. So first, congratulations on all the work you guys put into that to to make mm-hmm. it as awesome as it is. And just what were your some of your general takeaways from putting it all? Yeah, together? I mean, I think that the takeaways again, as we've seen. You see this every year, and I actually wrote about this a little bit today in our because we just rounded up the consensus board, which is everybody else's sort of top 100. Is the guy number one? It's Dane is the best uh, in the business. There's nobody better. That's Dane's top 100, and we fleshed it out. But like Dane had Christian Gonzalez, Lucas Van Ness, guys like that, way up, way higher than everybody else. You know, however many months ago it was last summer, and now here we are, and they're still here, and it's the it's the great example of. The traits always win out, especially in today's NFL. And a guy like Van Ness is the great example. When we started looking at everybody else's boards in December, knowing full well that NFL teams thought Lucas Van Ness was a first-round draft pick, there were so many people that were like, this is like a second-round, third-round pick. I'm like, no, like, no way. Like, there is no chance. If you just look at the measurements, because they were basing it off of, right, like how much he did or didn't play, how much he was used. And I think that the more you look at it and and teams are – ever getting smarter and smarter about really looking at full context within these colleges and everything that happens. So I just think that, um, you know, I, uh, every time when we get this close to the, to the draft or this close to the beast coming out, cause I think that's next week. Uh, I always kind of chuckle at how many times Dane's top 100 really doesn't move <laughs> over the last like six months. It does, <laughs> but it's like, there's a lot of it that really doesn't. And it's like, he was right about so many of these guys. And we talked about them last June and, you know, here we are and they're still here. The Van Ness thing strikes me as, you know, like one of the the critiques is, well, the guy wasn't 
started. Right, yeah, he just he, he didn't start two years at Iowa. What I would tell you, Nick, is if 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 a team can get over the fact that a certain quarterback didn't start to his senior <laughs> year at a certain school in one of the Carolinas and make him the second overall pick, a team yeah. can get over defensive end with those types of traits. <laughs> At least it was, his, right, it was his junior year, if we're going to be fair. Junior yeah. year, okay, okay. Exactly. You know what I mean. You know you know where I'm going with this, but uh, <laughs> yes, a guy like Lucas Van Ness seems to, I mean, he's got like top 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no off, way. Like, they, right? like every, every No way he makes watching. it out of the top 18. It's like one of those guys where you're like, there's no way, right? He's never going to fall. And then, yes, it, everybody agrees after they start watching. So, yeah, pretty cool. Okay, so you get Dane's mm-hmm. updated list. Um Anybody like strike you like maybe at the bottom or maybe some of the more notable changes? Yeah, I, you know, happen. some at the bottom. Um, I believe he bumped in a couple guys there. Um, Zavala, the guard uh, from, I believe, is it Stanford or is it Arizona? I can't remember which school he went to. Uh, he's a nice player. And then the other one, uh, the safety from Illinois, Martin, um, that he bumped in there is yeah. he had a terrific combine. And it was another reminder to me, you know, Dana and I, we talked in at the senior bowl about how many good football players Illinois had um, just this last year, just as on defense, you know, we talked so much about Witherspoon. People have talked a lot about Chase Brown, Sidney Brown. And it's like, it just keeps going. They have, it's, there's so many guys. Kirby Joseph just came out. Um, it's been a really good stretch uh, for everything that's come out of Illinois football the last couple of years, which is, we don't say that every year. Um, but like, that was a reminder again, to see uh, Quan Martin moving up there uh, at the bottom um, Jair Brown, the kid from Penn State, the safety that I think a lot of people were down on um, because he's not a great athlete. Um, he's one that uh, that I know that Dane was higher on than most people, uh, and I tend to agree, I think, with that. The ball skills, I think if you really watched some of the combine drills, um, you know, he sort of showed those off there. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. It's always interesting at the bottom to see which guys. I don't think he put Carl Brooks in, the kid from Bowling Green, and that's the one that I keep on the table for, but maybe <laughs> – Maybe we'll get him somewhere. Yeah, oh, I love you're him. very high. He's really good. Carl yeah. yeah, I like Brooks too. Yeah, he really stood out the Senior Bowl. Um, and uh, we we had a we, we have a, a kid from Carmel that he's starting corner at oh Bowling nice. Green. So yep. every once in a while, I would turn on a bowl. Yeah, I would sometimes I'd turn on a Bowling yeah, Green awesome. game this year, and and then and then you'd see uh, Carl Brooks dominating things as well. So uh, just a quick note on Illinois too, since you brought that up. I mean, that uh, give, I want to give Brett Bielema some credit. Like mm-hmm. that's, he was, when he was at Wisconsin, like he pumped the out time, pros. Man. Yeah. Like that, they, they, cause, cause there's just, he's, he and his coaching staff, they're really good at developing kids that maybe are three exactly. star recruits and they make them five star recruits by the time that they're graduating, they go off to the NFL. And then I thought like, Remember when he left Arkansas? What did he do? He went to the NFL. He went to he went to work for Bielema. He was with the Giants. Like he got NFL experience that he didn't have before. And so I really thought going back to Illinois that that would be whether or not it resulted, you know, Big Ten championships uh, for Illinois. I, I'm not surprised at all to see these kids come out and then sort of even surprised during the pre-draft process where you're like, oh wow, like there there's some pros here, and I think that right. that's showing right now. They're getting both too because they're getting the athletes and they're getting a guy like Witherspoon who you know he didn't test. And I think some people were like, "Well, maybe that'll hurt him." But I don't think that's hurt him at all. I think that Biel- to your point, Bielema is finding kids that play positions that NFL teams and, and traits that NFL teams want. Like he is a football player. He is a tough. Fit. Every guy that you talk to, I don't care what he runs. I, I watch his tape. He's a tape guy, right? So like those are Illinois guys, I and mean, that's cool that that's happening. We're getting some Illinois guys now. It's a thing a little bit. You mentioned uh, that the consensus big board 5.0, right? 5.0. I think so. This was the fifth one, I believe. Yeah, came out today. Can you like? So this is different from the this top 100. That's Dan. Yeah, right? I just yeah. want to clarify. Yeah, this yeah. is this is where Austin Mock, who does our all of our like betting models and all of the uh, a lot of the analytics, he puts like I don't know how many, but a bunch of like from PFF and from all over the place, um, reputable ones. Uh, I think Dane goes over the list that we all, or Chris Burke as well. And then he pumps him into his program and spits out the average uh, of wow. every player. So it's like, I think it's like 15 top 100s averaged out or something like that, including Dane's. And Dane's always ends up moving it <laughs> the most because people end up following whatever <laughs> whatever Dane does Dane's when he resets the list. But yeah. <laughs> so where do you but see yes. maybe the... Um... Maybe I wonder biggest. how many teams do that now. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but the Danes top one hundred. I think, think it's got, more than a few. Yeah, we got to move this guy up a little bit. <laughs> They're all printing the beast on Monday. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So where, where's like the biggest differences? Uh, like where, where would you question. see them? Yeah. It's it, this year, and it's been that way the whole year. Uh, it's receiver and corner. I think uh, most people. On the outside, there are two. They're just too high on these receivers, and they're too low on the corners. And I think that that's been held up pretty true the whole way. I think they've come up on the corners a little bit, but there's just I just don't think you have a receiver in this class that is going in the top twelve. I would be surprised a little bit if there's one in the top twenty. Um, I just I don't. They're nice players, like Jackson Smith and Jigba's a nice player. I like him a lot. I like Quentin Johnston a lot. Uh, Addison, right? But they all have questions that are kind of like notable and they're not little things you know there's no devonta smith in this class there's none of that and i think people sometimes want to see what guys did in college again and they want to you know project and it's like it's not there the corners however uh you know witherspoon joey porter gonzalez um deontay banks from maryland there's like six corners maybe seven or eight actually who probably could have first round grades here so uh, i think that's been interesting to see the receiver market continues to get uh weirder and weirder because the depth of the class is fine. You're going to get good receivers, second, third, fourth round, but the top of it is not great. And I think that that's kind of like a trend. We're kind of maybe going to see that a little bit more and more here. All right. You love Bijan Robinson. I do. He's, he's a name that keeps coming up. I I feel like with bears fans, probably fans of most teams. Yeah. It's just, I think there's just sort of this acceptance these days that you're, it's just not worth taking a running back in the top 10 Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it happens periodically in the course it did with Saquon Barkley. But um, there also seems to be this consensus that like, yeah, but this Bijan Robinson guy is pretty damn good uh, right. and, and, and he could help us. So yeah. w- where do you fall on where he makes sense for which team to maybe make that leap? Because I, I think at this point he will go in the first round. I just, yeah. it's going to be which team you know, sort of bucks the trend and and, and does what uh, most people say you shouldn't. Yeah, I think that it's a matter of, I, I keep putting him with the Lions and Lions fans get upset, but I think that's a really good fit. You know, they just signed Montgomery. I think that you're going to get Bijan on a rookie contract. You're going to get, you know, he, I think a, a team like that, Chicago, maybe, it's it depends on how ready you are because that's really what it is. Are you ready to compete? Could you put him in and really get going because you don't want to waste time on his rookie deal. You want to get the most out of it I think if you're going to make a move like that. So I think that that's really how I kind of look at it. Teams that are in that, you know, if you have an okay back, then you could use an upgrade or you are a team that runs the ball. Atlanta, I've kind of maybe looked at and said they run the ball really well. Maybe they could do some things with him. Dallas, of course, is one everybody points to. But really, like, the the big thing here is, you know, how good is he? Is he generational or not? And I think that when you bucket these guys like Saquon, is a generational back. I don't know if Bijan is quite there. I don't know if he's quite as good as Saquon, but he's certainly the best we've seen since Saquon. And he's like a shade under that, right? Like, I think he's definitely worthy of like, if you took him in the top 15, I don't think you'd be nuts because you're going to get a stud for his whole rookie contract. He's going to be able to carry a heavy load, uh, you know, in the backfield and the receiving stuff that this guy does, we haven't even seen it really yet because Texas really didn't use him as much as they probably could have. Um, and I think that uh, there's a lot in modern offenses that he could do, uh, especially the way some of these coaches scheme it up. So very yeah. interesting to see where he falls. I was going to say with the spread of the the Shanahan influences, exactly. there's a lot of teams yeah. returning to well, running the ball because mm-hmm. the quarterback play. Right. Yeah, to the top, it, it yeah. drops off. It, it's it's <laughs> right. what it is. It, it's just there's there's more yep. good running backs than there are good capable and linemen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yep. it, it helps exactly. Right, that's been a concern for right. a while now, and I, and I do think Nick that like the Bears are going to be in on running backs. I'm not sure if that's going to happen at nine because they got two right, two or three really good offensive tackles sitting exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. But after that, like, who are your favorite running backs day two, day three? Man, this is actually a really good running back class, too. This is, you yeah, know, you got I, I like it a lot. It is really good. Uh, you know, a kid like Gibbs from Alabama, like, we're, I, I think he's 20 on Dane's board overall. Bijan is six, I think, at the end of the day. And, and Gibbs is 20. And every time I go through a mock, I'm like, you're going to be able to get Gibbs at like the bottom of the second round. You're going to be able to get uh, Ty J Spears, the kid from Tulane, who was awesome at the Senior Bowl. I think, like, Bottom of the second, third round. Eric Gray, 
who is a kid from Oklahoma who's really a, a not a he's not a three down back. He's probably more of a third down guy and a scat guy, but a really good player and a really good weapon. And a guy in most years, I would think he'd be like Devin A. Chain, the kid from AM, would be another one in this. I think in most years, they'd be like second round picks. Those guys could be day three picks in this draft. And so I'm very curious to see where those dudes fall because there's a lot of good backs in this class. It's not, they're not bums. You're going to be able to find a guy who can help you, I think, well into day, th- probably into at least round four, maybe round five. Yeah, I, I think even maybe in round six. like Maybe, yeah. Th- it's a really good class. Like, I would even say... Uh, you Roshan know, Johnson, the kid that uh, Bijan played with, another one. Like, the, yeah. Uh, at and, Texas. And I was watching uh, the, the East-West Shrine game, and I don't have those notes in front of me right now, but the, like, it, there was like three running backs in that game where I was like, <laughs> well, that guy's got some wiggle. And yeah, like right. one was from Fresno State. I don't even have it in front of me. Um, you know, Evan Hall from Northwestern is oh, right. a guy who... I, yep. I'm not saying he's going to, you know, be a lead back in the NFL, but he's somebody who you can draft late and put in there and he's going to get you some hard yards. So they're um, all like that, that positions evolving in those guys. It's survival, right? Like you, the, the, the league said, we no longer need the downhill powertrain. So figure it out. And now you've got guys who can do a lot of stuff. And I think that that's pretty cool to see. It's like tight end positions evolving and teams are responding to it. And I like what you're saying too, like in terms of the, the team being in the, in the right situation. Yeah. For it, like yeah, Detroit right. stands out because the, they're ready. the division. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're ready with a good offensive line, and I feel like there's a few teams that just Minnesota might be ready. has yeah. been one that's like even with Dalvin Cook. I think that they were in on Montgomery. Somebody had written that the other day. Uh, that I think ESPN reported that maybe that Minnesota was interested even with Dalvin. So like, I, yeah, there's a lot. Dallas, of course, is the one, yeah. but there's a lot of teams right there that you're like, if you just put one more weapon on offense because that's what he is in your arsenal. And you're ready to go, and he could be the difference. Like, there's a lot of teams suddenly, if you look at it that way. And I think that that's he's the best playmaker, right, in the draft outside of being a quarterback. And probably even maybe you could include him in some of these quarterbacks in terms of that, too. So I think that's that's what you're looking at with Bijan. All right. So since we're on the running back conversation, uh, how was the Montgomery signing received in Detroit? I mean, he seems just like a perfect fit great, for, yeah. for what Dan Campbell's trying to do. Um, <laughs> And, and it sounds like he really wanted to be there because, you know, some of the stuff we've reported uh, from last week is that the Bears, the Bears were competitive and really felt like, you know, they didn't they didn't want to lose them. And, lose them. Yeah. And, and I think they were kind of surprised that they did. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it happened quickly because it was a confusing thing. Uh, Jamal Williams, of course, who was like the spiritual captain, everything here. He was uh, the heartbeat of the team. I think they want I know they wanted to bring him back, but at the right price. And I think Jamal tried to dare them to, you know, go higher. And I think he dared them and to see if you have a backup plan. I don't think you have a backup plan. And their backup plan was to go get <laughs> Montgomery. And I think it came together. Now, there may have been backdoor conversations on this, um, knowing Red Holmes a little bit. And he, he may have had that set up and ready to go, knowing Jamal was going to counter with a number they didn't want to pay him. But people were a little surprised at first because I think they wanted they would have rather seen Jamal because it was like they didn't want to lose him because he was such a you know liked person. But I think the more I kept telling people, I'm like, well, this is an upgrade, folks, from the as a player. He's a two years younger version of Jamal Williams as a player and probably better at that. So uh yeah, I, I thought it was actually a really good deal. I thought they got him on at a good price. Um that's what I was surprised at, actually, frankly. And and to hear you guys say that that Chicago, it makes sense then that Chicago wanted to keep and maybe he wanted to change the scenery one way or the other. But I thought him and Herbert together were a terrific tandem. And I'm curious to see what the Lions do with him because I, Swift could be that guy, but I, I don't know. It might not be. It might be one of these guys we just talked about in the draft. So I'm curious to see where it goes. But yeah, they I think they're super happy with him for sure. Let's stick with these uh, divisional storylines for a little bit. Um, there's still one looming out there, guys. There Aaron is. Rodgers yeah. going to New York. Uh, <laughs> Uh, how is I know how that's being talked about here in Chicago. Um, there may or may not be a parade later, this week, <laughs> but um, how how is what's going on in Detroit? You know, yeah, they're Aaron ready, Rogers, man. Okay, yeah, okay, uh, yeah. I think that uh, when they beat him at the end of the year last year at that at, in Lambeau, people were like, "We he's done. Get him out of here. We've got the team. We're ready to go." I think the mood when it was like revealed that. After that game, like immediately, he when it seemed like, what's Rodgers doing? Is he why isn't he giving his jersey away? What the hell is happening here? 
And it's like, oh, maybe he's leaving. And I think the mood in Detroit suddenly turned from like, uh, we're probably a year away to like, no, we need to go get it right now. Right now. We can go win a playoff game and win the division right now because Minnesota's not that good and Chicago's still building. And before Fields gets fully operational, I think it's kind of the Detroit mood is like, there's a small window right here before he's like really ready. And I think that they're like, let's go get it because, I, you know, fair enough, because it's wide open. If he leaves, and I think that that seems to be what's happening. I don't know what's going on. It's been a month now since he emerged from the darkness there. But if he leaves, what are they going to do? I mean, yeah. they're done. They got to start over. See, there's a there's a segment of Bears fans, though, that um, I think it's definitely a minority, but there's some that wish he'd come back for one more year <laughs> just so they could get, get him just yeah. so they could send him out with a loss basically do what the lions, the did. lions fans were like and, get, oh, we're good get him yeah, out and i keep telling them i'm like i get the sentiment but yeah. it ain't happening dude do he yeah. just he's gonna keep beating the bears because that's what he does good for the lions though for getting that big win at lambo to send them out that way it was yeah. i mean it was very enjoyable to watch i'm it not felt like lie. they were representing the entire division there uh for a half <laughs> <Yes>. at least <laughs> they were like let's get this bum out of here and move on right but we'll see we'll see what happens i guess yeah the bears got to celebrate robbie gold beating him in the playoffs <laughs> yes. go, a couple of years ago <laughs> they seem to celebrate a lot of teams beating beating Aaron. the packers yeah. well robbie kind of counts right well yeah. robbie counts he's here forever yeah, counts for sure yeah. yeah he's a well i think of a him and the bears together so yeah yes that yeah. works yeah okay kind of counts there were a lot of bears fans who were lions fans though in week 18 that's right yeah no doubt about it. Um, to the board. <laughs> all right, Johns, what else should we conquer here with the draft? Right, uh, yeah. go? Any other positions? Like I'm looking at like tight end just in terms of mm. if you're a team who needs maybe some offensive weaponry and you're looking at some of the deeper positions, we talked about running back. Like right. where are you stacking these tight ends and how early are you yeah. like getting in on the this class? Yeah, this is a historic, it will be, I think, at the end of the day, a historic tight end class. Um, and I think that you could see one go as early as 15. I mean, I, Green Bay could take one for sure. Um, you know, and it's, I think we could see as many as three, maybe four go in the first round. It wouldn't be shocking to me because kind of like we touched on earlier, the position has changed. You look at these guys now, you know, Kincaid from Utah is a freaky athlete that I think, you know, 10 years ago, I almost wonder if he would have been shuffled over to defense and said, you're going to be an edge, you know, and uh, Mayer is a traditional tight end, but Darnell Washington, you know, 10 years ago, you're a tackle, son, you know, you're not playing tight end. And it's I like think they that, passed that, they passed that <laughs> yeah, rule. So right. Specifically, so you your zero. Things <laughs> are changing. And yeah, right. The zero rule, right. <laughs> things are changing and people are, they're okay with like, letting athletes be athletes. And I think that you're starting to see, you know, Musgrave from Oregon state is just, I think he's like one of the fastest guys at that size that's ever been timed. I mean, it's like, that's the, that's the type of stuff. Tucker craft, even, you know, the small school kid, I mean, Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan and any other year would be like one of the top end tight ends in this class. And he's like the seventh best guy and he's still a good player. He's top 100 prospect, but it's like, there's a lot of really freaky athletes that through their college processes are sticking at tight end. And it's like, that didn't used to happen. They used to move off it and uh, it's changing. And I think that um, that again is another thing that we're going to see continue uh, in the, in the future years here. Yeah. I like the tight ends. I think they're great. Yeah. You can go pretty deep, even like Josh Wiley from uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, Miami, Porta from Iowa is awesome. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's this type of, th so how, how many of these guys go though in the top two rounds? Because yeah, that's a good question. There's, there's you just don't see that many tight ends go right. that early. But this they're th so th good that yeah. I think that you could see a rush, and I think that you could see six go in that you know in that stretch. It wow. wouldn't be shocking. Five, you know, I think that yeah. uh, feels like it feels like if it's not five, that would almost be kind of surprising, right? Like so. Because all those, there's at least there's at least five or six guys that you'd give a, fir a first or second round grade to. I think is what we would say here, which probably doesn't happen often either. Uh, it certainly doesn't happen. So, yeah, it's just it's. I think it's one of those things. We'll see if it's just a one off, but I don't think it is. I think it's something that we'll see more. Maybe not as much every year like this, but more guys in that conversation. Like Kyle Pitts, everybody looked at Kyle Pitts as a weird outlier, and maybe so, but I don't think a complete outlier. 
Nick, last one for you because I'm not sure if we're going to get you before the the draft. Who is who are your favorite? Let's say two or three prospects who don't play running back for the University of Texas. <laughs> My favorite two or three prospects. Well, I mean, I love Anthony Richardson. I'll give you that one. That was one that I have refused to back off on uh, for some time. Uh, I think Will Anderson is going to be. Um, he doesn't get talked about, and it's one of those things that I don't know why, because everyone's obsessed with quarterbacks. Everyone's with this. Everyone said that about Richardson, or you talk about Bijan. I think Will Anderson is going to be a generational type player when this is all said and done, like run away with rookie of the year type stuff. And everybody will be like, what, why weren't we talking about him uh, more when all this is over with? Um, we mentioned those corners. Darnell Wright would be another one. Uh, the tackle from Tennessee uh, had a terrific senior bowl and a terrific like end to his career um, at Tennessee. He was a five-star recruit who really didn't start great, but got better and better and better. And I definitely think he could be a guy that he's gotten – I've heard people say maybe in the twenties for him, maybe in the hot or you know, early twenties for him. I don't know, uh, but yeah, that's a few guys there that uh, have been good. Also, Double uh, A from Northwestern, um, uh, Tommy. Tommy. I got, I got <laughs> you, Adetamawa, Adabore. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's the best. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he's he could he could be interesting potentially yeah. for the Bears in the Man. second round if he still hangs I don't know around. Where he's but... gonna go? But he's a freaky, freaky guy. Yeah, Dane had him all the way up to what seventy nine. 70s? Yeah, yeah, and I think some people are way higher than that. I've heard some people say, yeah, like in the 50s with him. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, okay. And it only takes one team. It, it only, only takes, takes one team. Yeah. So, uh, hey, I do have one more for you, mm-hmm. uh, Lions base, because the one, you know, one of these, uh, one of the things that happened with the Bears moving back is now the Lions pick ahead of them. Right. At number six, they also have 18. Where are you leaning what they should do, what they will do? Is there any chance they draft a quarterback? Uh, I think that not in the first round, I, I would be very, very surprised um, on the bordering of stunned. If they took a quarterback in the first round, I think that a, a developmental somewhere along the way is probably needed and maybe something that they'll target. Uh, but in the first round on those first two picks, I think 18 depends on what they do at six. Uh, I think that they'll be active. I think they're going to, if they like a guy and that's why I've thought about, are they going to be in the market to get up there uh, to three? Uh, with Arizona and take Will Anderson. Like that's something that uh, they have the assets to do that. Um, last year we saw them move up to take Jamison Williams. We've seen Brad Holmes trade up before. I, uh, Colton and I have both talked about this. I don't think the lions are going to be quiet. I think they're going to make some sort of move with something with, with one of those two picks. I doubt we'll see them just sit there. Uh, but if they were to sit there and just go six and 18, it wouldn't shock me at all. If they went just edge at six, like Tyree Wilson, and then like a, a corner at 18 and then just said, Defense, defense, we're ready to go. We're we're going to take what we have on offense and, and try to make the playoffs here. Well, they're they're the odds-on favorites to win the division. Yeah, right now, I think right? that uh, yeah, I think that they're in a good spot. It's like that was a really hard rebuild, and I, I feel like they're either on schedule, which would have been a really hard schedule to keep, or slightly ahead of it, which is kind of wild. But uh, yeah, other things had to happen too, like Rodgers had to fall off and everything yeah. else. But and the Bears didn't need to recover as, uh, you know, their rebuild needed to go slower as it has. So yeah, I think that uh, they're in a good spot right now. Well, one oh, of these years, right? Yeah, yeah. One of these years, uh, just a playoff win would be all that. Uh, we'll that start counts. With that. Yeah. That counts, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> start with that. Same here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Yep. That's one of these years, the lions podcast that Nick hosts, uh, make sure you're following them on Twitter at Nick Baumgartner. The uh, draft coverage is excellent as well. Thanks so much for jumping on with us. You bet, fellas, anytime. Thanks, Nick. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. All right, there he is, Nick Baumgartner. Um, fun conversation with him. Oh, Nick's the best. I enjoyed that. Uh, all right. Well, NFC North guys stick together. Yeah. Especially when it's against Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like that. I think. Whom, I don't know. What if he's... This thing is dragging on. Does nah, this guy go all the way up like, to the draft? That's the, the rumblings, right? That's what they're saying on ESPN and NFL Network. Well, it kind of felt that way when it didn't happen right away. What do you think Jordan Love like is doing and feeling right now? Like, just... Let's go. Get out of here. I want to host workouts with the guys in Florida. Yeah, he's probably feeling the same way Aaron Rodgers once felt when Brett Favre wouldn't leave. Now, this is a little different, though, because it seems like Rodgers is on board. They just got to work out the compensation. But, yeah, I mean, remember, Rodgers went through that one whole offseason thinking he was it was his team. They went through OTAs. There were. Yeah, he was the starter. And then all of a sudden in the summer, Favre's like, I'm coming back. Yeah. Like, that would be the worst. It can't happen. Yeah. You know what, though? Like, we've covered him for a bit. There's some twists and turns in that guy's career. And there's still, but that's the thing. There still might be. It just seems so weird. Good. I will say this good for Brian Gutekunst last week in Arizona for finally. He's not the type of guy to, you know, get in a. Argument, you know, through the media with 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 one of his players, but uh, it was beyond time that someone with the Packers organization had to kind of stand up for some of the stuff that Rodgers has been saying. Because, you know, I heard some of this stuff uh, that he he didn't go into all the details when he talked to reporters last week, but this idea of it, like it really being hard to get a hold of Aaron Rodgers this offseason, like I had heard some of that stuff in Indy, uh, as far as even Gutekunst flying out to go see Rodgers and not being able to meet with them. Like, so it's, it was beyond time. I thought for the Packers GM to be like, come on, dude, like you're going on McAfee and you're saying all these things. Like we're the bad guys. It's like, you gotta, it, it might not be perfect, but you gotta accept some responsibility for this, for this situation. And, and you know, he's not, and, and your GM should not have to fly across the country to stalk you. <laughs> right. right. To wait you out. Yes. You know, it's like he's like a reporter now sitting in a, in a lobby somewhere trying to, you know, cut you off as you go from one place to another. Right. And yeah, that's I mean, it's beyond crazy to me. So, you know, for Rogers to come out and be like, well, I wish they had said this. I wish they had said that, you know, like they're trying to talk to you, dude. 
I, I, it just he's a he's an interesting human being and probably always will be. But uh, he is the AFC's problem now. Soon enough. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, fun episode. Enjoyed talking to Nick and uh, a lot of great stuff on the athletic right now for you to consume. Johnsy story, the top 100 with Dane Brugler, which again is right there in the app for you and awesome to to just be able to click through and read all of it. And then, of course, the consensus big board uh, 5.0 out today. Any final thoughts? Anything we missed? No, no. A lot of draft conversation coming up and definitely check out the consensus big board. Dane's list, yeah, it's all going to be there. The Beast is coming out soon. So it's draft month. We're, we're, yeah. we're in top 30 season now with everybody visiting teams. Yes, like Jalen Carter. But he's only meeting with the top 10. Yes. He was at Hal's Hall. He was not alone, I should say, by the way. What does that mean? Like other players? There are other players there with him. Oh, like other top 30 visits? Yes. Oh, is that kind of normal? To have like, I don't know. Um, I, I think I told this story before. Like Tremaine Edmonds. Like, yeah, I was hanging out with Ted Phillips that day for a story. Yeah, yeah. Pat myself on the back, whatever. Um, and he came in and said hello, but he was by himself. I think all teams do it differently. Who do you grab in there? You gonna make fun no, of me now? Don't care. <laughs> Was, I know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I, it's just one thing I like. I still remember sitting across uh, a table with Ted Phillips, like interviewing him, and and Tremaine Edmonds just happens to to walk in. That's hey guys, yeah. yeah. Um, now you're just starting middle linebacker. That happens every once in a while in the spring. Like that happened with uh, some Penn State player one year. Like there was just like someone walking around Howell's Hall in Penn State gear, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> And it turned out to be one of the, the visits. It happens. I uh, can't remember his name now, so it must have been not must not have been that good of a player. Adrian Amos. No, I almost mispronounced the name there. Adrian I think Amos. He was a defensive lineman. I want to say Michael Haynes, not Anthony Adams. Would have known right away who Anthony Adams is for yes. sure. Yes. You don't like my Michael Haynes reference? No, I did. Just didn't really have much to say about it. Yeah, didn't have much to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't, didn't do much. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. I think that's about it, Matt. Uh, we're out of here. Uh, hopefully, everybody enjoyed the show today. Uh, Nick was fun to talk to, and we got plenty more draft coverage coming your way the rest of the month. I should also say on CHGO, we're going to start doing some positional uh, preview shows. We've been working on our draft board. Spent all day yesterday working on offensive linemen. Um, you know, from a fit standpoint, what the Bears are doing. So uh, we got plenty coming your way there as well. Make sure you're following us at allchgo.com. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Merch up on obviousshirts.com. Please like the show on YouTube. Hit subscribe if you consume it that way. If you're an old-fashioned podcast listener, we, of course, still love you guys very much and appreciate it if you'll give us a five-star review and uh, rate and review the pod as always. And most importantly, tell a friend, tell a Bears fan, hey, this is cool Bears podcast you need to listen to, especially with the NFL draft heating up and the Bears are going to be in the mix. It's going to be a fun month. We're going to be here. Uh, well, except for Johns. He's going on vacation next week. But uh, True. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have the fish man come back. He'll be texting you about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I have some fun fun ideas planned for next week, too. And then, of course, we're still a few weeks out from the draft. So uh, we're here. Appreciate you being here. And uh, we will talk to you later on in the week. See ya. The Packers, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Gold Bears.